during the last couple of weeks, we looked at the armor of God and we looked at the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation. And today we're going to look at the sword of the Spirit, God's Word. Somebody wrote this about God's Word, about the Bible. It said, these are words written by kings, by emperors, by princes, by poets, by sages, by philosophers, by fishermen, by statesmen, by men learned in the wisdom of Egypt, educated in the school of Babylon, and trained at the feet of rabbis in Jerusalem. It was written by men in exile, in the desert, in shepherds' tents, in green pastures, and beside still waters. Among its authors, we find a tax gatherer, a herdsman, a gatherer of sycamore fruit. We find poor men, rich men, statesmen, preachers, captains, legislators, judges, and exiles. The Bible is a library full of history, genealogy, law, ethics, prophecy, poetry, eloquence, medicine, sanitary science, political economy, and the perfect rules for personal and social life. And behind every word is the divine author, God himself. I wonder if you've put on the armor of God this morning. I wonder if you've taken up the sword this morning. I wonder if you've taken up this sword, this book, the Bible, the Word of God. It's one of those things that, that you need on a day-to-day basis. Because if we think of a soldier, he would never go into, into battle without a weapon. He'd never go into battle without a sword or without a gun. He would always have something. The sword that we're talking about is a small, short sword. It's, it's double-edged, so it's got it's, it's sharp on both sides. And it would mostly be used by the Romans, uh, and they would stick it into your gut because that's where um, you know, uh, the, the people that they were uh, fighting. And I was wondering if that Roman soldier, he had to know something about that sword. He had to know how to look after that sword. He had to know... Um, what that sword was used to, he would have to practice continuously as to um, uh, how to use it. And I wonder if we do the same. I wonder if we take up the sword on a day-to-day basis and whether we learn how to use this sword, this Word of God, this, this, this amazing Word of God that has been written, I don't know, for how many years? ago, written by people like you and me, left for us to be able to use as to how to live on a day-to-day basis. Have we picked up the sword today to protect us? I'm not sure. Maybe you say, well, I don't have to because I've come to church. I think you need to do a bit more than that. I think we still have to pick up this book on a day-to-day basis to be able to know when to fight, how to fight, how to talk, how to encourage, how to love, how to have respect. Somebody asked me the other day, 
Where do I start reading the Bible? You can either start in the beginning. <laughs> but it's sometimes very confusing. Because in this Bible you'll find that uh, there are things of hatred, there are things of love, there are things of, that you see on a day-to-day basis that are still relevant in the Bible times and for us today. And I said to that gentleman, well, maybe, maybe if you want to, you should start at Luke. I like Luke. Bill would say you should start at, um, at John. Um, because that's his favorite gospel. And maybe somebody else would say Matthew or Mark. The reasons why I say, why I say Luke f- to this gentleman was I wanted him to, to read the story about Jesus. Because when you read the story about Jesus, you know how to, how to put that into your day-to-day life. You start off and you read about this amazing birth that happens. And that how they had to flee. How Jesus and his family had to flee. Then you read about how he gets forgotten in the temple by his mom and dad, like my mom and dad. And then, then you read about, uh, then you continuously read and how he grows and how he, he, how he gets tempted and how he gets baptized, Jesus does. And then you find out how he looks for other disciples to be part of his ministry then you see him do these amazing miracles one after the other. Then he comes into Jerusalem where everybody is glorifying him and where everybody is shouting out his name and he knows exactly what's going to happen to him. For he's already healed people that are blind. He's already like uh, Hilton spoke to us last week about the lady at the well. He's already known who she is. He's healed the lepers. Hey? People like you and me, the blind person. Maybe we are the blind ones that can't see. But the Luke, for me, is the, the greatest book there is because it tells this amazing story about Jesus. But if you haven't read Luke, maybe you won't know either. Maybe the only Luke that you've read or the only experience that you've had of Jesus is sitting right next to you. Maybe the only way that the word is being spread is by your actions, my actions, doing something for somebody else. Maybe the only word that, that maybe you don't like reading. Before I became a Christian, I never read. Eh? Um, I was born in 1971. And it was the year that I think uh, TV came to South Africa. And ever since then, TV has been my, you know, has been my thing. And, but when I became a Christian, I started reading. I started reading this amazing book. This book that is filled with life. Life that can explain every single thing to each and every one of us. That we need to know. Three things that I'd like to just mention quickly is these three things that this, this amazing book of God, the Word of God, uh, it convicts us, it converts us, and it confronts us. It convicts us in a way that it changes our hearts. Hebrews 4.12 reads, For the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrows. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart 
Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Hey, you know when God convicts us, when we read this, this book, He's able to convict us from, from who we were <laughs> to who we are now. He's able to do that just by this word. We read in this book also about convert, to be able to be converted. We know that Paul and Saul was converted, the same person, but that he was converted from Saul to Paul. We know that he was converted because he was, he was somebody that, that, that went after, after the, uh, the, 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 the Christian faith, the people. And God converted him. And his story is in this book. His story about how, to be, how, his, how the conversion took place is in you and it's special and it's related to you and to me. This book is also full of comfort. This week we probably um, have a funeral for, for both Yvonne and Delise. And maybe the only comfort that they will receive, or not them, but the ones that have been left behind, is through this book. Might not be my words, but it will be this word that will be shared with them. And this word will bring comfort. The people will know that Jesus has come to fetch them, that God has prepared a room for them in His house, that we can know. That we can be protected. The thing is, have you picked up the sword today? Have you picked up the sword that has been inspired by the Holy Spirit, written for you and for me, on how to live? There's a story that John MacArthur shares, and he says, I looked out into the garden one day. I saw three things. First, I saw a butterfly. The butterfly was beautiful, and it would alight on a flower, and then it would flutter to another flower, and then to another. And only for seconds or two, it would sit and it would move on. It would touch as many uh, lovely blossoms as it could, but it derived absolutely no benefit from it. Then I watched a little longer, and out of my window there came a botanist, and the botanist had a big notebook under his arm and he walked from flower to flower taking notes. And he kept taking notes and he kept taking notes and he took pictures of the, all the different flowers and he put them in his book and then he, were, he, he went away. And the third thing he noticed was a bee, just a little bee. But the bee would light on a flower and it would sink down deep in the flower and it would extract all the nectar and pollen that it could carry. It went in empty every time and came out full. It went in empty and came out full every single time. And this is what MacArthur adds. He says, some Christians like that butterfly go from Bible study to Bible study, from servant to servant, and from commentary to commentary while gaining little more than a nice feeling and some good ideas. The botanists study the scripture carefully and take numerous notes. They gain much information, but little truth. And the little bee go to the Bible to be taught by God and to grow in knowledge of Him. And sometimes we are, 
one of those three. And I don't know how you are, but I ask you again, have you taken up the sword today? Let us pray. Lord, we thank you that you always protect, that you've given us this ability to put on the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit. We pray this morning, Lord, that as we leave this place, we will be reminded to do this each and every day. For we know that Satan is always busy, that evil is always around, that this world never sleeps. But we pray today, Lord, that as we put on your armor, that your spirit will be with us, in us. That we will do nothing except through you. And that we will use this book, Lord, your book, as a guide to be able to do things in your name, to be able to learn from Jesus, Lord, from you as to what to say, when to say it, how to say it, how to live, how to forgive, how to move on, how to say we're sorry, how to cry, how to hold somebody's hand or touch those that we do not want to touch. So this morning, Lord, as we leave this place, we ask, we ask, Lord, for, for you just to look after us. Encourage us, Lord, on a day-to-day basis to learn from your scripture, to learn from you, Lord, so that we too can share your word with those around us. We pray for our world. We pray for our country. We pray for our church. We pray for our family. We pray for ourselves. In Jesus' name, amen.